Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 114. I did it again. Not welcome back. Welcome back to the Print on Demand cast. <laughs> this is episode 114. I do it all of the time, and one day I will break myself of that habit, but it is not that day today. As always, joining me from Make Your Mark Design, all the way in Broomfield, Colorado, Travis Ross is here. Travis, happy Monday, my friend. How is your day going so far? Uh, pretty busy. You know, just another Monday, I guess. Um, did an interview this morning uh, <laughs> uh, for the podcast, uh, Sans Josiah, but yeah. um, that's a that's it's sad. It's, it was sad, but um, yeah, that was that took up a lot of the morning just getting ready for that. And it's a really good interview. We'll obviously talk about that here shortly. Um, yeah, and then had a long conversation with Uncle Mike about some stuff for Q four. Had lunch, uh, opened some mail, sent a few emails, you know. Like a, a complete day so yeah. far. You've had a full day and it is yeah. just 2.30. Matter of fact, I'm going to go home right now. Yeah, See ya. clock out. You're good. You're done. All right, folks. So Travis <laughs> is going home and I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good to hear, man. And uh, did you have a good weekend? I know we saw each other on mm-hmm. Saturday evening and not only did we just see one another at this fall party folks travis and i played more cornhole uh <laughs> than i've ever played in my entire life and only lost one game he and i were on a That's team right. we only lost mm-hmm. one game it was a fluke clearly because we came back beat the same team at the end of the night mm-hmm. so i want to say we at least played what like five or six games of cornhole at, at least seven like, yeah I, I lost count but Uncle Mike really would be proud. Time. That's true. That's true. Although he, I don't know if they're regulation proud. distance or not. They weren't. <laughs> so I mean that could account for a little bit of something. But hey, we're not pros. We never claimed to be pros uh, at this cornhole thing. But uh, we we played like pros, amateur professionals, professional amateurs, whichever whichever that is, whatever order that goes in. I won't let you. I won't let the. Uh podcast know who is the star of our of our particular team i'll just leave it to their imagination as to who was the uh you know kind of the ringer if you you know if i'll just leave it there (laughs) but we were a team we were a team and you know i mean there is no i in team there is a me in that mother i'm just kidding uh so um (laughs) uh no yeah you there you went on a streak you like Sank like there's one like three on one throw. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. It's it crazy. Yeah. So it was it was a good time, and uh, I believe one of our opponents who was standing next to me said something to that effect of like, you know, Travis is the only reason you're winning. And I said, I'm sorry, you have to score five points to talk trash at me. And so he was like, <laughs> oh, Okay. Because <laughs> at that point it was like two to fifteen or something, and it was just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, but how was, how was the rest of your weekend? Uh, Chiefs won pretty decisively yesterday. Saw that. Yeah, that was uh, a good time. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, Arsenal only drew. They it was a it was a sad morning. I was hoping they'd win, but they're still top of the table. So you know, go Arsenal, go Chiefs. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty you know uh, laid back laid back weekend. Um, yeah, I did get up at at like six fifty to watch Arsenal play. So on a Sunday morning, and um, so right out and that was after our fall party saturday night so yeah, uh, yeah. luckily the party was kind of it started at four so it was pretty much done yeah, and dusted by yeah, nine nine yeah so it, it wasn't a later, super late night but it sure did it felt way later and i <laughs> i had to get up at uh 4 30 the next morning and so that was another Ooh. like man that was a that was a long night or short night whichever but it felt later than nine when we got yeah, home for sure. that, that's for sure but well, that's good, man. And as you alluded to earlier, you did the interview today without me. Um, couldn't quite get schedules lined up again. Um, so we had to kind of interview the guests without me. But before we get into it, I guess tell people a little bit about who you interviewed and what you're looking forward to the most in the interview. And then we'll just go straight away to it. Yeah, we'll get into a lot of this in the interview. But Nathan Hirsch is um, kind of a serial entrepreneur. Um he started, you know, kind of like us just in the Amazon game. But as he was doing that, he realized the value of virtual assistants and really mm-hmm. dove into that head first, started a company called FreeUp. And they ran it for several years, built it to like 12 million bucks and then sold wow. it. And now he's doing a couple other things that we'll talk about in the interview. But um, yeah, he's done really well. He actually um, moved here a couple years ago. He's, so he's in Colorado. He's in a, a, the Denver area. Um, and uh, our we're still trying to like sync up our schedule so we can go um, get coffee. He can come over here and tour the shop and, yeah. you know, just, just hang out a little bit now that he's local. But um, I think right now the plan is uh, next, next Thursday, he's, we're going to, we're going to get together and hang out. So, um, but yeah, it was a great interview. You'll hear it here in a second. Um, he's got a lot of business acumen and a lot of good um good ideas on why virtual assistants are so important. So mm. excited for you guys to hear the interview. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to, uh, to hear it as well. And again, VAs, we've talked about it, kind of a, a hidden gem, mm-hmm. uh, things that can definitely revolutionize your entire business. So without any further ado, we are going to go to this week's main event, the interview with Nathan Hirsch. All right, we're excited this week for the main event. We have a well, I have an interview. Josiah couldn't make the interview, so um, we've got Nathan Hirsch of Outsource School um, and Ecom Balance. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about him before I bring him on. Nathan is a lifelong entrepreneur and currently the CEO of Ecom Balance and Outsource School. Nathan's best known for co-founding FreeUp.net in 2015 with an initial $5,000 investment, scaling it up to $12 million in yearly revenue and having it acquired 
2019. Today, he leads Ecom Balance, an online bookkeeping service for e-commerce and digital businesses, and Outsource School, a membership platform te teaching business owners how to effectively hire online. Nathan has appeared on more than 400 podcasts and is a social media personality. He and his wife live in Denver, Colorado with their two dogs. So help me welcome Nathan Hirsch. Nathan, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, this is probably old hat. You've been on over 400 podcasts. That's incredible. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how that all happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a big Amazon seller. So for the first seven years of me being an entrepreneur, I was kind of behind the scenes, not really talking to anyone, not really networking, <laughs> not growing my mm -hmm. personal brand. And when we we launched FreeUp, which is a, a marketplace for e-commerce sellers to hire uh, VAs and freelancers, that was our, our first experience uh, doing real marketing and, and doing B2B and learning everything from building a website to SEO to partnerships to content. And I remember going on my first podcast and, and getting a bunch mm -hmm. of leads through that and, and getting my name out there. And at the time, there, there weren't as many podcasts as, as there are now. Podcasting was sure. just kind of up and coming. So we kind of saw that as an opportunity to um, to do to have that be a big part of our marketing as, as something that was free but got in front of thousands of people was good for backlinks was good for um, networking and, and talking to other e-commerce people in the space because all the e-commerce people that were big had a podcast and um, it ended up being something that i cut back on but at the time i, I was doing them mm -hmm. every single week and it's always a good tool to just get in front of people and and, and stay noticed and, and network man that's that's incredible well I'm doubting that you've ever been on a podcast that has the segment that we're about to do. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, launch into this segment. This is the weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right. So Nathan, I kind of sprung this on you a little bit, um, but we always let our guests go first on the weekly dad joke. So go ahead and share your weekly dad joke with the print on demand cast. Ready? So singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. <laughs> that is a really good one. I had not heard that one. Um, that's really impressive. Well, um, our our weekly dad joke for the Print on Mancast is actually was submitted via email uh, by Mark Butler. So, Mark, if you're listening, thanks for the weekly dad joke. And uh, here it goes. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? Nathan, any idea? <laughs> I don't know. I'm 80. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's yeah, it is what it is. I I appreciated it, Mark. So Nathan didn't, but I did. Uh <laughs> I have a I have a foster kiddo, and one of the ways that we like break the ice whenever we get new foster kids is just telling really bad dad dad jokes over and over again. So I'm um, used to it. <laughs> that's perfect. That's awesome. Okay. So um so you kind of told us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, but why don't you dive in a little bit more and then we'll, we'll kind of touch on free up and then we'll move into some of your current businesses. Yeah. So, I mean, I started off as a, a broke college kid who had a bunch of summer and winter jobs and didn't really like working for other people. And I remember wanting to, to be an entrepreneur, I actually majored in entrepreneurship in college. I'm not sure huh. how far that, that actually got me, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I started hustling when I was in school, I, I started um, buying and selling people's textbooks to compete with my school bookstore uh, until one day I, I got a cease and desist letter uh, from my college telling me to oh, wow. knock it off. And 
that ended up changing everything because my parents were teachers. I, I didn't want to get kicked out of school, but I had this Amazon account that I couldn't sell textbooks on anymore. And I started experimenting uh, what other products I could sell. And through just a lot of trial and error, I came across baby products. And for whatever reason, they were easy to ship and um, had good margins and, and obviously high demand because everyone has babies. And um, yeah, it, we this kind of took off. And I started building relationships with different manufacturers to dropship products for me. This was before I even knew it was called dropshipping. I didn't even hear that word until... <laughs> years later. And I mean, this was 2008, 2009. So before the courses, coaches, um, Facebook groups, um, conferences, like none of that stuff existed back then. So you're kind of on your own figuring out Amazon, which was the, the right. wild, wild west. And, and this business exploded to the point where it was taking up all my time and I was trying to balance school and I didn't know if it was even going to be a long-term thing. So I started hiring people and one of my first hires was my business partner, Connor, who obviously was a good hire, which was complete luck. I, I just posted a job and hired him without uh, really interviewing him. And, and we've worked together for, <laughs> for years to come. But we made a lot of other bad hires. College kids were super unreliable, weren't focused on, on our business. And I, I didn't think adults would, would take me seriously. Maybe they would have. But to me, that wasn't a, a real option. So we started hiring VAs and freelancers and got really familiar with that world. And as Amazon became harder and harder, we started to lease out VAs and freelancers to other e-commerce sellers. And that became the idea for, for FreeUp, a competitor to Upwork that had pre-vetted okay. e-commerce freelancers, eventually more than just e-commerce. And this business, again, took off. It was great timing. Like now, now there's tons of Amazon agencies that do everything. Back then, right. that didn't really exist. There weren't that many e-commerce service providers. So all these sellers that were taking e-commerce courses and launching their first e-commerce business, they need to, to hire people from, from somewhere. And, and we were a great resource. And we, like I kind of mentioned before, we, we learned a lot about SEO and partnerships and podcasts and a lot of stuff that we do in all of our companies uh, going forward to this day. And, and this business, again, grew and, and we made really good decisions each month by having a good monthly bookkeeping process. Uh, one of the, the best decisions we made was hiring a bookkeeper from day one before we were even profitable. And, and this business grew from a million to five million to nine million to, to 12 million by year four and, and was acquired um, months before the pandemic, which is kind of crazy. And that's a, a whole other story we can uh, get into. But since then, I've been focused on, on two things, one called Outsource School, which is our hiring process that we uh, teach people. And the other mm -hmm. is Ecom Balance, which is our monthly bookkeeping service that we now offer to, to e-com sellers. And, and we have a sister company called Accounts Balance that's for non-e-commerce sellers. So that's the, the long, short story of how I went from um, an Amazon seller to free up to Outsource School and Ecom Balance. Yeah, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that um, started with Amazon selling, or at least that was part of their journey. I mean, I was the same way. I was doing the retail arbitrage. I did the private label. I, you know, and now I'm in printing. You know, I'm still selling on Amazon and all of that stuff. But I think that's a common, common thread for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amazon, it's a quick way in. It's, you need certain skills, but you also don't need certain skills at the same time because they get a mm -hmm. lot of the customers for you. And um, yeah. it, it's crazy how much it's evolved. Like I even kind of disappeared from the e-commerce space after we sold free up and came back. And now there's aggregators and all this other stuff that, that wasn't <laughs> there before. So it, it's interesting yeah. to, to follow along. 
Yeah. So you're in your free up journey. I'm just curious. I just want to dig in a little bit to that. Obviously you're not doing that anymore, but I'm curious, like, because it was a platform for hiring VAs, how much did virtual assistants actually, how much were they involved in like the building of that platform? Was it just you and Connor or did you actually kind of practice what you preach at least like right off the bat? Or was it kind of as you moved forward, you learned more and more about virtual assistants and their value in your business? Yeah. So, I mean, when we sold FreeUp by year four, we had an internal team of 30 VAs that ran everything from wow. sales, marketing, um, for, uh, writing content, lead generation, bookkeeping, like you name it. They ran all parts of the business. The The coolest thing of FreeUp is, I mean, we had no office. We had no U.S. employees. The entire business was run by 30 VAs in the Philippines, Connor, <laughs> myself, and our developer, and, and we, I mean, we had thousands of freelancers on the platform. I'm just talking about mm -hmm. our, our internal team. And I mean, we started small, kind of like we preach at outsource school. Like we hired some VAs full time and, and grew from there and, and built out different teams. But it definitely was a, a big part of it um, going forward. So what what was the catalyst for you actually selling FreeUp? It sounds like it was doing amazing. I mean, 12 million bucks and you've got 30 offshore VAs and three U.S.-based people. I mean, that's... That sounds like a cash cow. What what the, what the heck are you thinking, man? Why did you sell it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was a cash cow. It, it was it's kind of a, a really nice business model, kind of like drop shipping, where your your cost of goods is very small, and and you're also like, like you're getting money up front before you pay for the the mm. freelancers, and there's like a buffer period there. I mean, to be honest, going into 2019, we didn't say, hey, we want to unload this thing um, by the end of the year. There, there were thoughts going through our head like, hey, that the economy is at an all-time high. Again, this is pre-pandemic. Um, that we've gotten this thing to 12 million, but if we want to get it to 25 million or 50 million, we're going to have to make drastic changes. We might have to hire U.S. people. We might have to change our, our process a lot. And maybe it could work, but maybe it could also hurt a lot of people and not go the way that, that we wanted to. And we had a team depending on us and clients depending on us right. and, and all of that. And so we got approached by one of our, our clients, the Hoth, and their message was, hey, we don't build companies, we buy them. Um, we want to get into the, the freelance space. We, we like FreeUp, we use FreeUp. Would you guys be interested in in talking about an acquisition? And we we heard them out. They ended up making a, a really good offer that that would be life changing, and it also allowed us to give five hundred thousand dollars to our team in the Philippines, our thirty people, to make sure they mm. were taken care of and and that their jobs are secure and. We also just did a lot of due diligence on on Mark and David and that how they treat people, what their plans were, what businesses they bought in the past, success, failures. Like, are mm -hmm. are they? Do they have our values? Because the last thing we want to do is end up in a lawsuit or not get something we agreed upon or hurt our team or hurt our clients. So. All of that was kind of factors and we kind of made that the best decision we could at the time. And, and even then it was a stressful six months with sure. that could have fallen <laughs> through it at any second. But I mean, they've been great. Like they still run free up. Our team's still there. We just heard from people on our team last week that they were getting promoted and all this other great stuff that was going on. And um, from our side, like they honored our word and we got paid every penny and, and it was life changing and it allowed us to have a lot more, um, I guess be a lot more picky on what we want to do in the future. So uh, a lot of factors thrown in there. Nice. That's, that's pretty incredible. That's an awesome story. And we could, we could delve into that uh, a lot more. Um, 
but I think probably a lot. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because I obviously I knew you were a serial entrepreneur, but also outsource school is just such a cool tool um, uh, for uh, for entrepreneurs. And so I want to shift focus a little bit. Um, so first of all, I guess tell us you, you kind of brushed over what it actually is, but tell us a little more in depth of what it is and why you started it. Uh, FreeUp is a marketplace for pre-vetted um, virtual assistants and freelancers. Sorry. I'm sorry, I was, I, I was talking about Outsource School. Oh, Outsource School, sorry. So Outsource School, is, essentially it's our hiring process. So how we interview, onboard, train, and manage uh, virtual assistants, like everything we do in all of our companies, whether it's FreeUp, our Amazon business, um, Outsource School, we have a VA team there, Econ Balance, we have a VA team that supports our, our bookkeepers. Um, it, it's all there. So it's the interview questions we ask, how we onboard them and set expectations, how we train them and build SOPs, and then how we manage them, everything from running meetings to firing people to having performance reviews to giving bonuses and raises all of that's there that you can just plug right into your business and this was an idea uh nate McAllister had you might know nate McAllister. From oh that. yeah i know nate yeah so it was actually his idea once we were kind of stuck inside during the pandemic after selling our company with nothing to do uh he reached out and, and said hey th this would be a, a really good resource for people and, and we built it and We've got hundreds of people that have gone through it and really improved their hiring percentage, which is what it's all about. That's cool. So it's not necessarily um, focused at a specific a specific type of business. It's more all encompassing. Any pretty much any business could probably use a virtual assistant or or at least some sort of outsourcing. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Like, what is your what has your experience been with, or some of your customers' experience been with going through the pro uh, the the process of going through outsource school? Yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing is it's designed for virtual assistants, but we actually have a lot of people that'll use it for their U.S. hires as well, or to hire freelancers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we have our basic processes that you can plug into your business and and make any tweaks from. Um, but we also have lots of SOPs in there. Pretty much all the SOPs that we use for our company to working with a graphic designer, working with a video editor, hiring a, a VA to do email and manage your inbox, like all those SOPs are included. So the, mm. the baseline is this is how you hire really good people and avoid bad hires and avoid turnover. But then it expands on to, hey, you need a specific role. Here, here's what you need to know about hiring for that role and how to set it up for success from day one. So how would a business owner like myself best use business school? Because I, I, I already I'm thinking, well, the whole, whole thing is outsourcing. So what if I just hire a VA to go through all the outsource school material and put all the SOPs in place and start hiring the other people that the outsource school is telling me to hire to build the business? Or do I need as the business owner to really dig in and get into that stuff? Yeah. So you can do that. It, it's kind of like anything else. You don't want to just know nothing. You need a, a, <laughs> a, a good foundation of what you should know. And then yes, you can have other people do it. And a lot of people will add their VAs to our, our Facebook group. They'll add them to Kajabi and, and have them go through the, like our podcast outreach formulas, one of our most popular SOPs. And as mm -hmm. a business owner, you don't need to know every little part of that SOP. You should, you should have a general overview of what podcasts right. you want to go on, what niche, what to look for, how to know if your VA is doing a good job, but the VA can, can do all the work. But at the same time, you still need to know how to interview that initial VA and how to set expectations. So there's parts of it that's for the business owner. And then there's parts of it that's just for the, the virtual assistant. 
Okay, so it's is it it's videos and downloadable um, PDFs and things like that. And is is it kind of linear in how you go through it, or can you pick and choose different modules and and uh, tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so it's a combination of uh, like videos and we have PDFs and cheat sheets for for everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, our recommendation is you go through at least the interviewing and the onboarding sections and then the training mm-hmm. and the managing. Those are kind of the, the four core pieces. And then from there, you can pick and choose the, the different SOPs, whether you want to go on podcasts or you want to do lead generation on LinkedIn or you want to um, you want to hire a writer. Like obviously all that is very much what makes sense for your business, but the core being able to interview onboard, train and manage, like that's a a core business skill set that you need to have as an entrepreneur. If you can't hire Mm -hmm. people, your your business is only going to go so far. If you're constantly replacing people and having turnover, that's an area that can can drastically improve your business pretty quickly if you change your processes. One of the things that um, our listeners don't necessarily know is that, you know, we have kind of this survey, not a survey, a, a sign-up form when we bring on, you know, uh, it's basically just a Google form that our interviews, interviewees go through and just give us some information that, you know, kind of formulates the, um, the interview process, but you taking it to another level, you sent me just a Google doc that has ask all these questions. Here's some great questions. Here's the different things that you could, you know, maybe talk about and all of these things. One of the questions that you, you mentioned, and I'm, I'm interested in hearing the answer to it. You, you, you told me to ask you (laughs) when it comes to hiring online, what's the difference between a follower, a doer and an expert? Yeah, sure. And I mean, for that podcast sheet, like those are obviously optional questions. Um, But one of the things we teach in our podcast outreach formula is just making it as easy as possible for hosts. Like you want to go on more podcasts, make it easy, have all your information in one place, have all your Mm -hmm. links ready to go. So it's it's easy there. Um, And and it's good for like outreach too, if you're sending people like one pagers or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, with with hiring, I always like to think of it in terms of, of followers, doers, and experts. So Followers are your your virtual assistant, usually non-US. Um, you're you're teaching them to do something that you already have a system and process for. You're you're not training them from scratch. Like if I'm hiring someone for customer service, I, I don't want someone who's never done customer service before. I might want someone with five years of, of customer service experience, but I have a certain way that I want customer service done. I'm not just gonna say go answer my customer emails. I'm gonna train them on my process. So when you're hiring a follower, you need to get the mentality that it's someone with experience, but they're there to follow your systems, your process. And if you don't have those, you can't hire a follower. You can't just hire a VA and say, go find me profitable products. That's not going to work out too well for you. You need a system for them to, to follow. Then you've got the, the doers. And one of the keys to like running a remote business nowadays is building up a Rolodex of doers. Um, video editors, graphic designers, writers, every time you need a project, you don't want to have to post a job and interview. You want to have a good Rolodex that you're consistently building up over time of people you can go to for different projects. If you're an Amazon seller, you want two or three listers, two or three graphic designers, whatever that you can go to when different things come up. And then mm-hmm. the the experts those people, you're not teaching them how to do something. They're consulting with you. They're collaborating with you. They already have skill at a high level, something that's not worth your time to learn. Like you could spend the next six months learning how to do PPC, 
maybe that's a good use of your time. I would argue that it's not. And you can't do that in all parts of your business. At some point, you have to yeah. hire people that, that are experts that to just come in with that skill set and hit the ground running. And if you think of all your hires as followers, doers, or experts, it puts it in a good perspective before you even start the hire of, of what to look for and, and how to work with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, another, another, uh, I guess, fact about your business or businesses is that you guys like to hire a lot in the Philippines. Can you tell us why uh, that's a good place to hire a VA? Yeah. I mean, my, my overall mentality is, is what you don't want to do is hire like one person from the Philippines, one person from Pakistan, one person from India. Like you're just yeah. adding a lot of work to your plate by hiring a lot of people from all different places, whether it's time zone, communication, cultural differences, mm -hmm. like it's a lot of extra work. So especially if you've never hired before, make it easy for yourself, hire from one place and build a team from one place. And it's good for other things like culture and stuff like that. But if you're going to pick one place, Philippines is, is a good place to start. I mean, first of all, they, they speak English at a high level. They learn English in school. Um, they're used to working remote jobs. They're used to working U.S. hours. Um, they, they care a lot about family and having long-term opportunities, which is obviously good when you're trying to build a family that sticks around inside your business. And th mm -hmm. there's other reasons as well, but it's all about just making it easy um, and, and having a good game plan up front. Now, is everyone in the Philippines good or is everyone from somewhere <laughs> else bad? That, that's not the case, but it's all about improving your percentages of having a good hiring experience. And I recommend hired from the Philippines as a starting point because it's a, the least amount of learning curve for someone new hiring. Yeah, we had a, a team of probably 10 or 12 uh, virtual assistants uh, for us for a season. And um, our main virtual assistant, and they were all in the Philippines, my main virtual assistant on her own put together a retreat for all of our virtual assistants, brought them all to one location in the Philippines. And they had like a two or three day thing. She put a schedule together. She had like talks that she was doing and, and she did it all on her own. I mean, the, just the initiative to do that is incredible. And I can't, I can't speak highly enough of, you know, Filipinos. They're just, they're incredible. They're really incredible. Yeah, I mean, we're doing the same thing. So we do, uh, we try to sponsor a bunch of meetups uh, with free up one year. We actually went to the Philippines in person and, and rented out a, a, a big like a wedding venue type place and just mm. gave people food and drinks and whoever wanted to come could come. Um, but yeah, I mean, and we'll hopefully do the same thing for, for Econ Balance at some point. But yeah, like those yeah. meetups are great. Like we have one in November where Connor and I are not going to the Philippines, but almost everyone from our team is meeting up and we're paying for food and flights and all that kind of stuff. And it's a great way to, build company culture and keep people around. Yeah, for sure. So who is, who is outsource school for? Um, I mean, obviously in business, you're going to have to delegate. So why is that so important? Why is it so important to delegate? And, and then how can outsource school kind of help me do that as a business owner? Yeah. I mean, the, the beauty of it is it, it applies like whether you're a brand new entrepreneur, a six figure entrepreneur, a seven figure entrepreneur, like you're going to have to hire. Virtual assistants can be a big part of your hiring strategy if you want it to be. And, and I would say that it adds a lot of benefit and allows you to, you can still hire US people and still use virtual assistant. It just allows your US people to focus on more high level tasks and, and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, hiring in general, it's like the unsexy topic that no one wants <laughs> to uh, talk about, but it, it's such a difference between success and failure. Like if you have a great business idea, 
and you can't hire people versus an okay business idea, but you're very good at hiring people. Like that, that's a, a big difference there. So it's all mm-hmm. about improving your hiring percentage. If, if, 50% of your hires work out or 90% of your work hires work out. That's going to be a big difference in your bottom line over time. And we learned that's a hard way from our, our Amazon business. When we were 20, we had never hired anyone before. And we, we went, we made every hiring mistake in the book and it cost <laughs> us a lot of time and money and hassle. And we always wish that someone just said, ask these questions, onboard them in this way, look for these red flags, run these meetings. This is how yeah. you fire someone. Um, and it would have made it easier for us. So we really tried to build it of, Hey, what would us as a, a young entrepreneur, um, or even a veteran entrepreneur want to just make it easier to make better hires? What are some of those common hiring mistakes that you see and, and, and even made in the early days? Yeah. So, I mean, for interviewing, like a lot of people just look for skill and we, we made that mistake, but now we always look for skill, attitude, and communication. We need the trifecta of all three. If the person can't communicate, that's going to be a nightmare. If the person has a bad attitude, that's going to go south at some point. So we need that trifecta there. And our whole interview process is designed around that. Um, for onboarding, it's about setting the right expectations. You always hear about the the horror stories of people in the Philippines that have 10 dead grandmothers or have a power issue or, or whatever it is. <laughs> well, the number one way to avoid all that stuff is to set really great expectations from day one so they know exactly what you're they're getting into, what you put up with, what you don't put up with, how it works. Um, that's going to save you tons of, of stress down the line. And I mean, for training them, like building a good SOP took us years to to master. And that if you want to have a business that's really scalable or even sellable, you need those SOPs and managing like there are certain meetings that are very important from the Monday morning, all hands meeting to the culture meetings that we run. Like all the meetings are designed for a real purpose to move the company forward or, or have retention. So those are just like a few tidbits from each part of the hiring process. Cool. And all that's, um, kind of touched on in outsource school, right? Uh, yeah, all of that. We teach all of that step-by-step step in outsource school. So it's easy to, to plug into your business. That's super cool. Well, um, one thing that Nathan did was he provided us uh, a really cool kind of bonus for anybody who wants to check out outsource school. We've got a link in the show notes for that, but it's 30% off outsource school. So that's like a third uh, or almost a third um, of the price it would be normally. So that's uh, really cool. So make sure you check that out um, in the show notes. Thank you, Nathan, by the way, uh, for providing that. I really appreciate that. And I think some people will get some value um, from that. So um, I want to move on unless you have anything. Do you do you want to kind of put a little pretty bow on that or do you want to move on to Ecom Balance? Yeah. I mean, you get 30% off. We have a great Facebook group and a, and a great community there and, and lots of trainings and, and SOPs and um, pretty much we're there to support you along your, your hiring journey once you're part of our, our community. Nice. Well, let's talk about um, Ecom Balance. Um, what what led you to start this uh, this business? Yeah. So we spent a good year or so building outsource school and putting all our SOPs into it. And um, at the time we're, we're trying to think of, Hey, how else can we service e-commerce sellers? We like service-based businesses. We like the e-com space. Um, and, and what we, we like things that are actually like high value that, that help people and like free up provided a lot of value to people. So, I mean, through just a lot of brainstormings and bad ideas, uh, we kind of <laughs> came across a, a bookkeeping and, 
I mean, bookkeeping was something with our Amazon business. We tried to do it ourselves, and that was a huge mistake. And we learned that entrepreneurs should not be doing their own bookkeeping. And it's way better to just hire a bookkeeper from, from day one. And then we tried to do it like at the end of the year, every quarter. And we realized that we needed every single month to, to make good monthly decisions. And with free up, one of the best decisions we ever made, like I said, was hiring that bookkeeper from day one. We get a report at the end of each month. We'd go through it together. We'd make decisions and that helped us scale. And when we passed due diligence and sold the company, having immaculate books going back every month for four years was a, a big part of that. So that mm. kind of gave us the idea of, of what does that perfect monthly bookkeeping service look like? And we started doing a lot of market research. We interviewed hundreds of e-commerce sellers. We actually posted those interviews to the Ecom Balance blog if anyone wants to check those out. And we learned a lot about what people like, what people don't like, who the competitors are, what um, what's good, what's bad in the space. And then we we kind of came up with our perfect process, taking it from a, an entrepreneur perspective, from an e-commerce source perspective. What does that perfect bookkeeping service look like? And we, mm -hmm. we built a team like we always do using a lot of the stuff from, from outsource school. And then we did a beta round with about 25 clients and use them to kind of break everything and, and build all our processes out. And now we're kind of at a good point where we've got a, a team of 11 bookkeepers, both U.S. and in the Philippines, um, not VAs, like really high level experienced bookkeepers. Um, we've got about 90 clients and, and growing. And um, it's been a lot of fun just helping people really understand their numbers and make good decisions every single month. And we continue to, to make tweaks to try to per perfect the, the service. Yeah, I think um, I so I, I was the guy who decided to do all of his own books and, um, did them for years. And, um, I think one thing that I've learned, uh, so I've recently hired a bookkeeper and it has been crazy what the insights that I have gained from having weekly reports. And I just ask, okay, I, I think that the perspective that a lot of entrepreneurs have, or just, you know, a lot of business owners have, especially when they start is that bookkeeping is just reconciling your, your expenses. And it's so much more than that. Can you speak to kind of some of the things and why it's so important for business owners um, to get that off of their plate for one, but also what they can gain by having somebody that's actually giving them actual costs of goods, you know, with, with, the amount of time it takes to do something. And, you know, you can add all of these pieces in here. Um, and it's, it's such a bigger puzzle than I'd ever imagined until I actually had somebody doing it for me. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of started off with my overall mentality that entrepreneurs should never be doing their own bookkeeping. One, it's just not a good use of your time. Like you, you should be focused on sales, expansion, marketing, hiring, all that stuff. Um, and two, most of the time entrepreneurs do, do their own bookkeeping. It just has to be redone later by someone who who's actually a bookkeeper and knows what they're doing. So you don't need to take a course on how to use QuickBooks. You don't need to know how to reconcile a bank. What you do need to know is how to read an income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement. And that's mm -hmm. a, a fundamental entrepreneur skill that you should learn that comes over time. And it helps you in your own business. It helps you investing in businesses. It helps you buying stocks. It's, it's a good life skill. 
Mm-hmm. But what you need to be getting the mindset of is every single month, you the month should end, and within 10 to 15 days, you should get an income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement. You should go through it with your partner. You should have a meeting in your calendar, your fi- monthly finance meeting that you don't miss for any reason. And that's when you make decisions on your business. Do you hire more people? Do you launch a new product? Do you not sell on Amazon Europe because your profit margin there sucks? Like you should... <laughs> That's when you make those decisions. And if you don't know what's going on in your business and you don't have good bookkeeping that's segmented by brand, by SKU, by marketplace, um, that shows cost of goods accurately, you're, you're just guessing. You're just making decisions based on money in, in your bank account. And like, yeah, there's right. other benefits too, like selling your company or getting funding or getting investments mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is. But a lot of entrepreneurs don't do any of those things. And the real thing that it's for is making good decisions every single month. And that's what entrepreneurs should be focused on. How do I set up a monthly bookkeeping process where I get the information I need to make decisions? And that's what's going to help you scale your business. For sure. Um, so what are what what are your goals <laughs> for uh, Econ Balance? You're, Two to three, five, ten year. Are you looking to sell the company eventually, or um, do you have do you have specific goals even written down? Uh, we do. We're we're not looking to to sell it. I mean, even free up, we weren't looking to sell it. Although we love this business and. I think it opens up a, a lot of opportunities to do other things in the space um, by keeping it. I mean, we want to build the, the best monthly bookkeeping service out there. The one that's most well-known in the space where if people think about e-commerce bookkeeping, they automatically think of e-com balance. We want to get over a thousand clients. That's what we got to with free up. So we always want to build a business uh, bigger than than the previous one. And, and we want the, the best customer service out there. A lot of times, from our market research, bookkeeping services become unscalable. They become unresponsive. Um, they kind of lose that customer touch. And that's something that we're very focused on in all aspects of, of our, our companies that we build. And Econ Balance is no different there. We also just have a lot of cool software we're building. Like we have a client portal that clients use to, to sign up and get pricing and add payment and affiliates and, and all that kind of stuff. And we'll be continuing to, to add to that as well. So we're pretty excited about the, the future of Econ Balance. Do you have a um, preferred bookkeeping bookkeeping software that like all of your clients used or like, so we use zero, but I know like QuickBooks is QuickBooks online is a big one. Um, do you kind of funnel them all into the same type of uh, bookkeeping software or do you have different bookkeepers in the, in the Philippines that work with both platforms? Yeah, QuickBooks and Zero are the only two we're compatible with. If you're using something else, you'd have to switch to, to QuickBooks or Zero to work with us. And the other mm-hmm. tool is A2X. It's a connector that connects yep. to marketplaces and pulls data. Um, we did a lot of uh, testing when we first started Econ Balance of what tool has the, the most accurate data, the least amount of bugs, the best customer service. And for whatever reason, A2X was the, the best there. So the A2X is included in our price. QuickBooks or Zero is paid for separately intentionally because you should own your own QuickBooks account. Um, and yeah, those are the, the softwares that we use. Okay, cool. Um, also, uh, Nathan, you provided Another bonus um, for people who are interested in Econ Balance, two free months of bookkeeping, which is pretty awesome. Um, again, we'll have the link in our in our show notes. Um, what what do they get? I, you, you mentioned A2X. What do they get with Econ Balance, a, a subscription to the platform? 
Yeah. So, I mean, we offer a service. We're not a software. So we have software behind anything that we do, but it's a bookkeeping service first. So we charge you on the first, you get income statement, balance sheet, cash flow by the 15th of every month. Um, you can create an account right on our site, give us some information. We'll get you a quote that quotes any kind of setup, ketchup, cleanup, depending on how far back your books are behind and then your monthly price going forward. And if you mentioned this podcast, you get two months free. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, well, man, this is great. Um, I think we're going to move on to the magic questions, which is uh, part of the show where we just ask you a few, you know, questions. And we'll uh, we have like uh, Josiah likes to say an arbitrary bumper that doesn't really matter. But uh, here it goes. There it is. The magic questions. (laughs) So Nathan, um, I think I'm going to go with this one. The first time or the first one for you, tell us about a time when something happened in your business or one of your businesses that felt like a complete failure and you didn't know how you were going to come back from it. Yeah. So I have this, uh, this, this Myrtle beach story. So I, I was like year one, one and a half of my Amazon business and I was crushing it. I was on top of life. I was making more money than any college kid should. I, I had trained a, a manager. I had had this supplier that I was killing it with. And I was like 99% this supplier and um, like everything was going really well. So I took a vacation with Connor to, to Myrtle beach and I think I, I might never go back. So within one day of my vacation, and this was the first vacation I'd probably taken in, in a good year, my manager of the day quit because I had hired a college kid and um, his parents wanted him to focus on school. My supplier contacted me and said they wanted to sell on Amazon directly and they didn't want to work with me anymore. And just to top it off, my accountant called me um, and he said, someone had filed a fake tax return in your name and stolen $40,000 from the government. And we had a lot of paperwork to do uh, when I got home. So I kind of went from this unbelievable high to no one can touch me. I'm not going to have to get a real job. I've like created this business to let's start everything all over again. But I, I, at the time, I didn't think I, I would recover. It ended up being a very good lesson in diversification and hiring different people for different roles and different suppliers. So your eggs aren't all in one basket. And we slowly built the business back up again. But at the time, it was devastating. I can imagine. I'm sure it kind of uh, put a downer on your vacation, too. <laughs> Definitely put a downer on the vacation. Yeah. Uh, all right. Second question. If you had to start all over lost all of your current contacts, what are you going to do first? I'm going to do market research into different service-based businesses and what the market is, what the price points are, what, who the competitors are, what, what are people like, what are people not like, and try to carve out a niche of doing something better than other people do. I think I'm not like, I don't think I'm ever going to create like the next Uber or like brand new idea. I think I like to take <laughs> other boring ideas and tweak them and, and find a niche. Okay. That's cool. Um, now it's, we talked a little bit about before we pressed record that, uh, I just asked you straight up, how much, you know, are you in the print on demand industry? Do you know much about it? And you, you said you had a few clients that are in it and you know of it and obviously enough about it to, to have an opinion about it. So that's where my last question is going to be. So 
this is we call this the crystal ball question. And I think it's interesting because we're getting a perspective from somebody who's not directly in the industry. So it might be a unique answer. So what do you think the future of print on demand is? Yeah, I mean, I don't think print on demand is going anywhere. Like I have an aunt who's an entrepreneur, retired now, and she grew a print on demand business like years before e-commerce even existed. And she ran it for wow. 30 years, like very successfully. And um, and yeah, I don't and I think it's not going anywhere. There's always gonna be a need for it, there's always gonna be a demand for it. I think certain niches might be might get too competitive certain ways that you are doing things aren't gonna work in the next five to ten years. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a great business model very similar to why free up and dropshipping is a great business model where you're selling right. something and building it afterwards. So I, I, I like it. I think it's a, it's good for entrepreneurs who like to start businesses without millions of dollars like me. Um, and I think it's uh, I think the key is finding a niche and figuring out how to do it differently and, and how to differ, differentiate yourselves. Cool. All right. Well, good answer. Um, I just want to, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here, I want to give you an opportunity to just share a little bit about, you know, where people can find you if they have questions, if they're interested in um, outsource school, uh, if they're interested in econ balance, obviously we'll have links to those in the show notes so you can get those bonuses that you provided to us, but where can people find you and, and reach out? Yeah. So I, Nathan Hirsch on any social media channel, you can go to outsource school, you can go to econ balance. I'm pretty easy to contact and um, yeah, thanks for, for having me on. And apparently if you have a podcast, guys, uh, he'll come on it because he's been on hundreds of them. So <laughs> no, Nathan, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. This was really good, really, really good. I think it really kind of gets the gears turning in a lot of business owners' heads and they're like, wow, there's a lot of possibility here. So guys, I really want to encourage you check out uh, those two links in the show notes to Outsource School and Ecom Balance. And uh, Nathan, it was great having you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. The interview with Nathan Hirsch. I want to thank Nathan again for taking time out of his schedule to come on the podcast. It's always um, awesome when when folks want to be a part of the show or are looking forward to being a part of, of contributing and taking time out of their schedule because everybody uh, you know, has a busy schedule. So it's definitely um, very uh, humbling for Travis and I, for people that are like, hey, I was a good time. I want to come do it again. And I had a great time doing it this time. So thank you, Nathan, for coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I think anything in particular on this side of the interview, Travis, that you thought was particularly insightful that maybe the listeners should take more notes on or go back and listen to again and, and kind of double down on the, any, any particular point throughout that interview. Yeah. I mean, um, just his, the, the whole outsource school thing is super cool. It's super, um, I think it's super helpful for businesses to use VAs, but I think Nathan and um, his partner really put together kind of a, a one-stop shop, if you will, for learning how to actually implement those things in your business. And so um, I really am uh, really happy that, you know, he was able to offer us kind of a, a, a discount on that. It's 30% off. Um, you just go through the regular process of checking out um, to order out um, outsource school. And then in the promo code area, you just do print on demand cast, um, no spaces. Uh, so we'll have a link to that in the show notes, along with the print on demand cast code. Uh, it's the same thing for ecom balance. Um, if you're interested in that, it's not like a checkout type thing, because obviously they need to interview you, see what kind of job you or what kind of business you have that they need to provide 
bookkeeping services for. Um, but on that request form, you just put print on demand cast and you'll get those two free months that I was talking about in the show. Um, so you can check that out. But I mean, what, what incredible resources for business people, you know, uh, your bookkeeping is super, super helpful. And I'm, I am <laughs> the first one to shout that from the rooftop since I've hired my bookkeeper <laughs> two, three months now, she has she, like every week she gives me these incredible reports and they give me yeah. such insight into what's actually going on in our business. And it's not just, you know, well, how much money did I make or how many things did I sell? It's how much profit minus those, the cost of goods. And then what is my overhead having, you know, an effect on my bottom line and, and all of these different, um, you know, kind of ways to look at your business. Um, a bookkeeper can really help you with some of that. And, and so excited to offer that to our listeners as yeah. they're going and things like that. And then, you know, again, on the, the outsource school, I think there's a lot of, um, I think if you, if you actually end up you know, purchasing that, getting into that, looking through that material. I think there's a lot of like SOPs that are already done for you for things that you may, you may not even have the foggiest idea of how to create the SOP to get this thing done in your business. You're just going to kind of figure it out as you go along. Well, they've already done a lot of that work for, for you. So, um, it's pretty awesome. It's really, uh, it's a couple of really good uh, products that he has. So I would encourage our listeners just to at least take a, take a look at those products. I think after hearing Nathan talk and, and hearing us talk about those products, I think you kind of, you can see what, how valuable they are. And, um, if it makes sense to you, um, you know, take a look at those and see if that's going to uh, benefit your business. Of course, you know, I, I, we always want to be transparent on the print on demand cast. So those are affiliate links, you know, or well, the affiliate codes. So when, when you use that code, um, you might get a benefit, but so do we, we get a little bit of yeah. benefit too. And, um, like we've always say, it, it's all, you know, it's all going into this, um, you know, it, it pays for things. So it pays for <laughs> ISS, it pays for microphones. And, you know, we're talking about um, purchasing a, a mobile recording device. So when we're at ISS, yeah. we can actually record podcasts from the floor and maybe um, preset some of those up with some vendors. And, uh, you know, yeah. so that's, that's what we'll use it for uh, just so you guys know, but um, just wanted to be upfront and honest that yes, we do get a kickback, but that's not the reason I had or that we had Nathan on this show. Cause he, right. He knows what's up, you know. I mean, so I think you he probably got it. <laughs> yeah, I think we we had a lot, or we talked about a lot of things that can benefit your business, even beyond just his companies and kind of yeah. what he's done. I think you could glean some uh, good ideas, and it gets your brain kind of, you know, the gears turning a little bit, thinking about how best can I use, even if you don't use outsource school, or you just you just I'm just going to do VAs and I'm going to figure it out as I go along. I think that's an excellent, excellent idea. Um, so it's, it's not only timely, um, but it's also cool that he has these tools available for those that feel like that's the direction they want to go. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you mentioned it, uh, you know, just a second ago, but yeah, ISS in, in January in Long Beach, we are planning on being there, both of us this time last year, I couldn't mm -hmm. make it Travis and, and uncle Mike and Tate went, but this year, I think Travis and I both, I mean, the flights are booked. So as of right now, we mm -hmm. are going. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's happening. 
Um, but yeah, we'd love you know to have the mobile rig to, to do interviews and to talk to vendors and talk to people. If you listen to the show and you're going to ISS, let us know. We'd love to to connect with you guys and and uh, meet people who listen to the show. And uh, it's mm-hmm. always fun to do that. So keep that in mind. January ISS. We'll yeah. release more information as we get closer to it. Registration is open and it's free mm-hmm. uh, if you yeah. register now. Up so. until like November, what? No, is it like the beginning of November that it's free yeah. until? Something like that. Or, sure. Or something to that effect. Um, so yeah, register for the show. Uh, meet us there. If there's enough of you people coming uh, who want to listen or who listen to the show and want to meet up, maybe we'll try and do something like, hey, there's a, there's a a bar next to the thing and we'll go to the place and have a, have a drink or something. Who knows? Yeah. But it'd be great to meet you guys uh, nonetheless. So uh, Travis, anything else before we, we uh, put a bow on this and wrap it up? I think we're good, man. Go for All it. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's see if I can remember the spiel. Attention um, hotline fans. If you want to get in touch with Travis and I, the easiest way to do that, of course, as you all know, is the Facebook group. Printonamancast.com slash Facebook is how you can interact with us. Let us know that you're coming to ISS. That'd be the easiest way to do it. Uh, but also to ask questions of people in the group. We really started that to, to create a community and start a conversation amongst the listeners, not just Travis and I and, and, and the listeners, but you guys um, all kind of helping each other out. And you can probably occasionally find a dad joke or two in there as well. Uh, we're also on YouTube and Instagram, printonamancast.com slash YouTube and slash Instagram, respectively, is where you'll find those feeds. And wherever there are podcasts, the PODcast is there for you. Stitcher, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, whatever one, other ones are out there. There's thousands of them, and we're on at least nine. So you can find us on the nine that we're on. <laughs> no, but we're on a lot of we're, – we're pretty much on all the major platforms for podcasts. Um, but if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, if you could do us a favor and just leave a review, let us know what you think of the show, your favorite topic, what you'd like to hear, your favorite dad joke, if you believe that Travis was the actual star of the cornhole game or not, if you think I carried my own weight, <laughs> we all want to know. So those are the questions that we want answers to on those reviews. But seriously, uh, it does help the algorithm. It helps our content get in front of the right people who need to hear it and that would be benefited by hearing it just like yourselves. So um, I think I think that's everything. Did I do it? Did I forget I th- anything? I think you did it all. That was that was really succinct and well put together, Jose. Yeah, Congratulations. Well, yeah, see, the, the old synapses is still firing at regular speed in the old <laughs> noggin. So I am still perfectly healthy, at least mentally speaking, in ways that you can't see on a podcast. So I'm very, it's all fine. Uh, but until next time, we look forward to seeing you guys for Travis. I'm Josiah. We'll see you right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.